Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast with your host Nick Myers. Artificial intelligence, voice recognition, machine learning, robotic, actionable analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand the impact that emerging technologies are having on our lives both personally and within our organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of emerging technology starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Well, Brett, we're finally back at it again, aren't we? Yes, we are. I've been promising our incredible and patient listeners, you know, for three to four to five, probably six weeks now that we'd be back at some point. And hey, look, we finally are. Hey! Yep, we're here. And I really have... Well, no, I should say we don't have an excuse because we've been working really hard on making updates to the show and adding all of the incredible things that people are seeing right now because we're doing video, uh, we, we're, we've got a website that we're launching soon, we have new intro-outro videos and music, we... what else? I'm gonna spruce up some of the edits and stuff. Artificial Podcast Plus is coming with our Patreon. Oh, oh boy, we've been busy bees, haven't we? Adding to the Patreon. Is there some type of website that you were talking about coming out? That I, I just said we have in? a website coming out. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. Uh, yeah, and look at this cool banner coming across the Yeah, bottom. so everybody, everybody who's watching, if you've been a listener for a while or if you're brand new, the Artificial Podcast is a back of baby! Back of baby! And it should have been back, like, what, two weeks ago? But there was a couple of weeks there where things popped up to where we couldn't post. Yeah, namely my COVID experience last yeah. Saturday, which we yeah. won't get into because nobody cares. But yeah, It turned out to be negative, if anybody does care. Sure, if you care. But anyhow, welcome back to another week and another episode of the Artificial Podcast. Mm-hmm. Nick Myers here, your host with the most, joined once again by Mr. Brett Brooks. Hello, everybody. Who has so many titles at this point, I don't even know. We'll call you the producer of the Artificial Podcast. I think that's what we've called you. Yep. So, Brett, I have a special surprise because we're going to kick off our, our relaunch of the Artificial Podcast with something special. What's that? Let me Let me show you. Let me show you one sec. Let me just turn turn my chair. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Uh, uh, <gasps> uh, oh my god. Uh, it's, it's Ginger Elton John. <laughs> Not what I was going for, but hey, whatever he's works, right? Man. But any 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 idea why I'm wearing star glasses, Brett? Oh well, could it be that we're talking about Starlink? Correct, and because we're going to be talking about Starlink, I will now be known as just a Star Boy, Ginger Elton John. I was or going star for Star Boy, you know, oh. kind of a play off of the whole weekend song. Remember sure. that? No. No. Starboy, a uh, weekend song? Yeah. It was like one of his most popular songs. How's it go? Can you sing it for us? No. Why? I'm a Starboy. Cha 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 
Now that is entertainment. Right there. I hate you so much. <laughs> and you know what? I really hate these glasses because I can't see them. Off. Everything looks red. <laughs> 12 bucks just for that part of the show, by yep. the way. For those of you who cannot see me, I highly suggest you go to the YouTube version of this episode so you can see what the hell I just did. Or not, if you want to. Or not, I suppose. <laughs> if you value your life and your time, don't. All right, I just, I just got to point out quick. I just got to point out quick. Brett, the way that you have baby yoda positioned in your your screen i feel like it's looking through my soul it is that's why i put it there to keep you in line <laughs> oh no did ya <laughs> anyhow yes everyone we will be talking about starlink this week and elon musk's crazy plan for total global internet domination yep exactly. and truthfully out of anybody he'll probably achieve that you think you think he's because... the tony stark of the world he world? has the determination, he has the persistence, and by God, does he have the money. He does have the money. But here's the interesting thing about Elon Musk. Elon builds things that Elon wants. Have you ever noticed that? Elon, <laughs> wanted, a, Elon wanted a secure way to transfer payments from person to person, so he built PayPal. Elon wanted an electric vehicle... That? Yeah, he was a co-founder of PayPal. I'm just saying that did he do it? Did he build it? Or I don't know if he physically. I don't know if he. I don't know if he physically wrote the code on the key using a keyboard, but I know he was a co-founder of PayPal. Anyhow, Elon wanted electric vehicles that had that could travel a very long distance on a very efficient lithium-ion battery, while also looking fantastic. So he built Tesla. Elon wanted to go to Mars. So he developed SpaceX yes. and a reusable rocket, which is amazing. Dude, I, I saw an ad on YouTube the other day advertising going to Mars. Yeah. Like, on a trip, like you can buy a ticket and just take a one-way trip there. Yes, and I believe Elon Musk will be the first person to help us get there. And then we'll have our whole Mars breakaway colony, and then we'll have interstellar war. I can't wait for it. Oh, I can't wait to fight with the Martians, <laughs> a.k.a. us. Anyhow... We will be talking about Starlink this week, so if you do not know what Starlink is, well, you just hopped into the right podcast. Oh, boy. You just started listening to the right so, podcast. So, Nick, what is Starlink? That's a great question, Brett. Now, because you're the Artificial Podcast's resident layperson, what do you think Starlink is? Hmm? I think Starlink is a bunch of satellites that have been shot up into space, and they orbit around the Earth, and they link up and provide wi-fi to the world or not wi-fi but internet connectivity in certain in some fashion and you said your memory was crap <laughs> what can i say well brett i'll have you know that you're on the right track for sure yeah i don't and, I'm, I'm paraphrasing people <laughs> well you're actually mostly right with how you describe that okay but uh technically it is a division within SpaceX, of course, which is Elon Musk's uh, space company. Uh, it is the official name of the company's growing a network of low Earth orbit, or E L E O. L E O Leo. Yes, low Earth orbit constellation of orbital satellites. That's pretty and cool. And they actually started developing this constellation of satellites back in 2015, so not that long ago with the first prototype satellites being launched in 2018. So it's still a relatively new thing. Mm -hmm. 
And so far, they've deployed over 1,300 satellites across more than 20 successful launches. So they're starting to move pretty quick with it. Yeah. And in January of this year, SpaceX launched 60 satellites into orbit from the Kennedy Space Center using SpaceX's landable and relaunchable Falcon 9 orbital rocket, which, fun fact, no other entity on Earth currently operates a landable and relaunchable rocket. Only SpaceX. Because guess what? Elon wanted it, and Elon created it. He at least least found the right people to help him create it. Let's just say that. Man, I hope someday he wants, like, Jurassic Park. You want to know what's funny you bring that up? I actually saw an article earlier this week about a a bunch of billionaires started talking about if they could really create a Jurassic Park. (laughs) Do we not learn anything from movies? Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently not. Truthfully, I don't even know if... if, if, I I don't think it's actually possible to do that. No, we already know how to do it. You take frog DNA and you inject it into a mosquito that was from... (laughs) Okay, whatever the old man's name was who came up with that idea in the movie. I can't remember his name, but yeah. I can't remember his name. Colonel Sanders of Jurassic Park. Yes. Attenborough. (laughs) He wasn't Attenborough. Okay, I gotta look this up now. Um... (laughs) David Attenborough? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's not David Attenborough. David Attenborough's the... I don't know who that is either. I just, he's the climate guy. I just recognize the name. But who who was it? Uh, uh, Dr. Grant is the main guy, right? Yes. And then we have... This is going to bug me until I figure it out. Uh, <sighs> Richard Attenborough. That's yep, who it was. Yeah. He played John Hammond. That's who it was. Yep. There you go. Yep. Anyhow, so with that being said, Starlink is essentially a growing constellation of low Earth orbit satellites meant to deliver low latency internet to the entire planet. That's pretty cool. Yes. But the big question, how does Starlink actually work? Well, it's actually really interesting how it works. So to preface all of this, satellite internet or satellite Mm -hmm. internet connectivity like HughesNet, which you may or may not have heard of, yeah. isn't new, and SpaceX is just making it 100 times better. We've had satellite internet for a long time. It's just been really bad. Like, I've probably heard of satellite phones. Yeah. Uh, people tend to use satellite phones when they go hiking on mountains and, and different things. Yep. But SpaceX is just taking something that's been around for a while and actually making it useful. Let's just say that. Or usable, because some people don't even get internet these days. So if you get internet worldwide now, man, right. benefits of that. And all of Starlink's satellites operate in low Earth orbit, which I just mentioned a bit ago, at an yeah. altitude of about 341 miles or 550 kilometers above the surface of the Earth. Uh, for comparison, most other communication satellites that are in geostationary orbit uh, are at an altitude of about 22,236 so, miles or 35,785 kilometers so from the really surface close. of the Earth. So these are very close to the Earth. Very, yes. very close. And, yeah, but with them being so close to the Earth, this allows for a much lower latency and the ability yeah. to provide a broadband connection to just about any location because they are so low to the surface of the Earth. But I just use this term, geostationary orbit. What exactly does that mean? Well, 
Geostationary orbit is a circular geosynchronous orbit above the Earth's equator and uh, follows the direction of the Earth's rotation. So that's when, when we talk about geostationary satellites up in space, they follow a geostationary orbit above the Earth's equator and rotation. How they figure that out? I have no idea. Like the amount of math that probably went into that. People who are way smarter than I'll ever be. Yep, I have no idea. Now, the good news, if you wanted to test Starlink out right now, they are at, they are currently extending invites to their Better Than Nothing beta program, which I love the name of that. Yeah, better Than Nothing. <laughs> yeah, their Better Than Nothing beta program, which I hear there's a lot of requests, so if you do decide to try out the beta, you, you, you may or may not get accepted into it, but mm -hmm. you can sign up for it if you'd like. Okay. And it's actually pretty cheap, this whole, this whole thing. So Starlink requires a $499 upfront investment. So the user can purchase an antenna and a router, and it will cost an ongoing $99 per okay. month for ongoing service. So it's actually pretty cheap, especially if you're somebody who lives in the middle of nowhere, and the only internet access you have is either your mobile phone or really expensive DSL, which is a very large portion of the United States and, of course, a very large portion of the planet. Which is so weird to think that some people don't even have internet these days. Yes, or we a hear lot of people have, don't. Or we see somebody, that, uh, or hear somebody that has like ten. Megabyte. Or people have internet, but it's just really bad. Yeah, like 10, me 10 megabyte download. Like, like remember, what, what would you consider bad internet? Like you personally, if you like went and moved somewhere and they said, "Hey, this is our internet," and you're like, "Ugh," what would what would be bad for you, personally? I mean, I'm spoiled, so I'm not a good comparison. Yeah. But I would say if you have a DSL connection and you're getting one to five megabits per second, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I said in like today's world where we rely so much on the internet. Say one five ten. Some some people have told me twenty five. I'm like, I you should it. know because I, remember when a couple I, years ago and you used to live at your friend's place. Yeah, the I internet used to live was so bad it would take days to download a game. That was actually like six years ago, Nick. Oh, <laughs> well, time sure does fly. Yeah, I remember one time we were downloading a game and it took three days to download this one game because it was like kilobyte download speed. Yeah, that's bad internet. Horrible, yeah, horrible. <laughs> that's what. But again, it's a matter of perspective, right? Like that's bad internet in the context of downloading a video game, but at least there is still probably good enough internet to access when I, the web. When I had to turn off the, when I had to turn off the Wi-Fi to use the 4G network on my phone because that was better. That's when you know you have bad internet. Yes, and, and that's why most people who live in rural communities who don't have access to quality broadband just yeah. use cell phone service because it's better. Yeah, exactly. Better and now with the 5G. In air quotes. Now with the 5G. Oh, yes, the 5G. Yeah. We'll get like into that in, a, in a, like an upcoming episode. Yeah, oh, like are we? <laughs> I just said we'll get into that in an upcoming episode. Yeah, but... Okay, okay, okay. but I think what's even more fascinating about Starlink is so $499 upfront for the equipment, $99 per month ongoing service fee, but it can currently provide data speeds from 50 to 150 megabits per second with a latency of about 20 to 40 milliseconds, which is and pretty good. And it just works. Yes. Like there's like you just have the the equipment, that's it, and then you're you're good. Yes. Just that's pretty cool. Yeah. You're not tied to a service provider. Especially for a 50 to 150 megabits per second with an incredibly low latency of 20 to 40 milliseconds. And it's not like you're tied to like these ISPs, right? No, you're tied to Starlink. That, well, yeah, I guess that's the ISP. 
this circumstance. So it's just going to be another competitor for the major internet yeah, service providers. Guess, yeah. But I don't even know if, if Starlink's trying to compete that way. I Yeah, I don't know. Because at the end of the day, fiber optic is still better than satellite internet. I'm sure Elon and e- Elon and Starlink are just making it better. So he's making it more like uh, instead of you know instead of he's laying, making it instead of laying wiring across the earth, he's just putting it in space. Yes, he's making it more. Their Starlink is making it more accessible and an overall better user experience and a better quality, yeah, very higher quality of internet because. Yeah. If you still compare that to broadband, even through copper cables and or fiber optic, copper cables and fiber optic are still better in terms of speed and latency. But again, if you're somebody who lives in a very remote area, Starlink is perfect. Yes. So, however, of course, right now, as they're still launching satellite after satellite after satellite up into space, uh, Starlink service is limited only to the northwestern United States, adjacent parts of Canada, and certain parts of the UK and other select areas. And it is estimated that Starlink will need roughly 10,000 satellites to be able to cover a majority of the Earth. But they're already at 1,300. When when are they... How am I missing this? When are they doing this? What do you mean? When are they doing this? I thought if you would think the news would cover like how's it get up there? Like the oh rocket? no, 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 no. How, Coronavirus how, more important. Racial injustice, of course, more important. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm serious. Like that's what the news is focusing on. Why would they focus? Oh, on you something said like you, this? you said it like it wasn't. That was not how I meant that to come oh, across. Oh no. God, you sounded like you. Well, yeah, racial injustice, whatever. No, I'm just okay. saying right. the media, that's what the media is choosing to focus on at the moment, as they should be. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're not going to report something like Starlink launching satellites up into space. Well, I would like to know, like, okay, so they ship a That's rocket. also good news. They shoot up, shoot up a rocket and then there's like 500 satellites in one rocket or how they get it up there? Well, actually, this is a good time to transition over to, so this is what it actually looks like. So okay. they launch they, they launch what do they call this? They launch a carrier up into space. Let's just call it a carrier, even though that's probably not what it's called. Uh, what is it? So they launch they launch uh, a carrier up into space that contains all the satellites, and the yeah. carrier deploys the satellites as it orbits the Earth. Okay. So this is this is what it looks like. This is how close <laughs> these satellites are to Earth. So, so it looks like it looks like a bomber from Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to I'm trying to read. Solves for much lower latency. Yeah, yeah that's pretty they, cool. I don't, I don't know if they have a name for the carrier itself, but we'll just call it. It is the carrier that contains all of the different satellites that are launched strategically into low Earth orbit. That's pretty cool. So that's what it looks like. Now, even though this sounds all fine and dandy, there is still a large concern by uh, the global astronomer community, actually. And their concern is light reflection blocking the night sky and professional stargazing, which may not sound super important, but it's the professional stargazing and professional observatories that identify near-Earth objects, including near-Earth asteroids, that we probably want to know about. And if you have a bunch of satellites blocking out your line of sight, well, 
that's cause for concern. Exactly. You can't really do your job if that's the case. Yes, mm -hmm. and the main concern by astronomers is Starlink and the associated satellites could potentially outshine the stars and affect well, our telescopes that observe close to the horizon. Think like this. Thank God we have internet now, but now we can't predict when meteorites are about to strike us. Well, and the good news is Starlink is working on ways to prevent. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. To prevent reflection from the satellite. No, they actually are. They're actually yeah, developing sure. a coded material to prevent light reflection. They have, they're, they're, they're setting up satellites that can move into different positions to reduce the amount of reflection down to the Earth's surface, depending on the position they're in. So they're actively doing something about this versus just saying they're going to do something about it. I got an idea. What if they just put little tiny telescopes in the back of the satellites that these scientists can hook up to and just view out into space? So you have best of the both worlds. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just want yeah. to make you. I just want to make you have that face of like I'm. Crazy. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, did you? The face where my one eyebrow goes like this. Yeah, like what? Yep. I work with this guy. Well, just just for perspective. Here is what astronomers are concerned about. Every single one of those diagonal lines are from trails of one of these satellites. That's a that's a time lapse, right? Yes. Okay. So you can see here how if you're trying to observe the nighttime sky, how this could be a problem. That's enough of that. But like I said, they are actively working on it, so hopefully hopefully they, they do figure this out because it's it that would be a real problem i mean it's yeah it's, it's great that we'd have global internet don't get me wrong but if it's going to prevent astronomers from being able to detect near-earth asteroids i'd rather have them detect near-earth asteroids than have global internet speaking of asteroids i saw this the other day have you seen how many asteroids jupiter protects us from a lot it's insane yeah how many how many asteroids jupiter protects us from it's crazy i wish i would have pulled that up but I didn't know we were going to be talking That's about That's why Earth is in the true Goldilocks zone, if you will. So, now, now that we've kind of laid the groundwork for what is Starlink, how does Starlink work, maybe we should talk about why do we even need something like Starlink. Well, according to Starlink itself... The company claims to be building their constellation of satellites where connectivity has typically been a challenge, which of course we do know that if you live in any rural part of the United States or any remote part of the world, you do not have access to quality internet, if access to internet at all. And mm -hmm. of course, fiber optic networks are still incredibly expensive and challenging to develop, and the companies that lay the cables only do it when it makes sense for them cost-wise. Okay. Which is why there are still many parts of the United States and the world that do not have good broadband internet because Correct. it's all privatized for the most part. And if it doesn't make financial sense, they're not going to do it. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. You know, the um, the one friend I lived with that had the really bad internet, they said, if you pay a 60 grand, we'll bring out fiber optic for you. Or not yeah. even fiber optic. It was copper yeah. wiring. Just to have like 60 megabytes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we, we need 60 grand to bring that out to you to seven homes. Correct. So, as you can see, it's not cost advantageous for them to do yeah. that, so yeah. they're not going to do it. And some interesting facts about internet access that I was able to find. 
Uh, according to a 2019 UNESCO report, only 55% of households on Earth have access to Internet currently, yeah. which is actually quite shocking to me. I thought it would be more than that since we're in 2021. Yeah. And Starlink could essentially provide Internet access for everyone, of course, if people are willing to pay for it. And that's not to say that maybe Starlink and Elon Musk won't come up with a discounted plan so everybody could have access to something like this. I'm sure that hopefully that is on the drawing board for the future. Yeah. But feasibly, they could give Internet access to everybody for pennies on the dollar and still make money. Mm -hmm. And in the United States, only 63% of rural homes have access to broadband internet as of 2018. Again, a relatively low number given everybody had to move to a distributed workforce. I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people had to move to a distributed workforce of people working from home during the pandemic this past year. And only 56% of American households that make less than $30,000 a year have access to broadband internet. So you can see that depending on your income level, that plays into whether you have access to quality internet service. And rural communities, I think I mentioned this a bit earlier, have become more dependent on smartphones for internet access because yeah. they have an incredibly hard time getting quality broadband. And as I was reading more into Starlink and their future plans, this really also is an experiment and is setting the stage for something similar that could be deployed for the first Mars colony. Because think about it. If you send people to Mars, people are going to want to communicate with people back on Earth and have access to Earth communications. Well, it doesn't make sense to have a communications technology that takes, of course, 15, 20 minutes to reach Earth and back, right? So if you can deploy something like Starlink and provide low Mars orbit internet with an incredibly Depends reduced... Earth. Right. And what I'm thinking, imagine if they just oh, have that? a trail of satellites yeah. from Earth to Mars. Well, don't that... wait, no. We, we, we can connect to the rovers. Right, but it's still... But what's to say we can't connect to just the satellites? Around Mars. We can, but there's still a, a high degree of latency between the rovers and Earth. Well, yeah, you just have to deal with that. You think they're so, gonna drop satellites from Earth to Mars? I'm just I'm I'm just making broad claims right now. I don't maybe, know. Maybe they can start with the moon. But I did read that Starlink is also an experiment to see if they could do something similar for the first Mars colony. How how long does it take for uh, download or something that happened like a picture from the rover to earth i don't know i'm curious can you keep talking while i look at that up <laughs> thank you i mean i would imagine <laughs> i mean i know there is latency but i'd imagine it can't be too much because it seems like they get pictures and communications pretty quickly from what i understand and, and watching the videos of them landing the equipment yeah because they always talk about how there is a delay. And of course, there was also the Netflix show Away, which I highly recommend everybody to watch because it was so freaking good. They would always talk about the delay in communications as they were approaching Mars as well. It being 10, 15 minutes. I'm trying to even think back. Did they mention it was an hour at some point? It could have been an hour. What? I looked up like how long does it take to get a picture from Mars from the rover, and it's saying... How long does it take to get a picture from Mars, like with a camera, like with oh. a telescope? It's like 13 minutes. Light travel takes 13 minutes to, for light to travel from Mars to Earth. Um, 
Well, and they were using... I don't know. They are using essentially radio frequencies to transmit to and from, so... Yeah. I would imagine it. there is some latency there. I don't know the figure. There has to be, you know. But if, if, you, if, you're, if you're curious, I highly encourage you to go look it up. So, that is why we could really use something like Starlink. Now, what is Starlink's impact on emerging technology? Well, I think once they fully deploy Starlink and we have that constellation of 10,000 satellites, I think we are going to see a broad expansion of technology in general in third world and developing countries. Because there is a direct correlation between tech innovation and having access to the internet. I mean, imagine trying to create a new piece of technology. I mean, really engineer anything new these days without access to the internet. This is a horrible take, but when everybody has access to the internet and able to discover new things and build new things and create first world countries, can the earth sustain everyone living at a first world country status? I mean, if it can sustain everybody right now, I don't see why not. Well, it can sustain everybody because not everybody's living like the U.S. Not everybody. Oh, that's a very good point because we see consumption increases as economic status increases. Like, look at China, for example. Over the past 20, 30 years, as their economy has boomed, they are now second to the U.S. in terms of buying power. Correct. Because people are living better, so they're demanding, you know... The material goods, food, energy. So yeah, I guess that that could make sense. But I don't want to speculate because I don't know. Yeah, I'm just wondering if the Earth, resource-wise, can sustain uh, every continent, every country. All the more reason for us to go to Mars. Yep, maybe that's why Elon Musk <laughs> is doing it. There's some secret government conspiracy going on. Actually, I, I think our friend Ming, uh, when I was chatting with her recently, told me that she actually has a friend who has put on the short list of 100 people to go to Mars. Really? Yes. Yep. Mm. Can Good you luck. imagine? God, you gotta... I don't even know how they how how you would mentally test somebody to be prepared for something like that. How long does it take to get there? Six months? Uh... Well, that, that, this is what I've always been curious about. So in that Away show I talked about on Netflix, it took almost a year. But mm-hmm. Elon Musk says it could take about six months. NASA says it could take about six months. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, six months is a long time, though, to be in a, a spacecraft. I've done it for a year now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Brett. Oh, come on. Think about it. You've literally been in your living room for a year now. Okay. There is a difference between isolating yourself in your home with video games and internet, high quality internet and television and immediate access to food if you need it versus traveling thousands of miles per hour in a space capsule. Okay, when you put that into the equation, yeah. (laughs) Where your life support systems are literally right up against your face, and if one of them fails, you're dead. What do you mean when your life support systems are up against your face? That entire spacecraft is your life support system. Oh, what do you mean when it's up right up to your face? Like, it... it... How big do you think this thing is? A, a cloud okay. car? That was, that, was the, that was the wrong way to say that. Like, your life support systems are within that spacecraft. It's not like here where the Earth has abundant oxygen and abundant okay. food and abundant resources that you and I can 
there's no restriction on it okay, versus when you're in a spacecraft yeah. traveling at a thousands of miles per hour hurtling yeah. towards Mars for six months. If Nobody's any one of there. those systems fail, you're dead. Nobody's ever been there either. You know what I mean? Nobody's ever right. been to Mars. We don't know what's there. You can I wake mean, up something. We know as much as the rovers have shown us, which is good. Yeah. So, but I mean, which have you ever watched the video of the first sunset on Mars? That's so cool. Yeah, I did see that. That was really neat. So cool. Well, well, and that's why that's why you know going back to how Starlink impacts emerging tech, I think low Earth orbit satellites will be essential for future space colonies and exploration, specifically on Mars. Because if they can deploy that on Earth, who's to say that they can't deploy it on Mars? I mean, yes, Mars oh, yeah. has a significantly less gravitational pull and atmosphere than Earth does, but you can compensate for that. I mean, how could, how fast could they set that up? Like sending stuff into space from Mars when they just landed on that. They'd have to bring, bring a lot of equipment. This would, be, this, this would have to be a big capital ship. Correct. Well, just think about it. If we do establish a colony on Mars, we're going to have to open a space trade route between the colony and Earth. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, they just don't do that and they start a war. Well, the do colony... Can, do they can terraform Mars? How would you terraform I don't know. Probably not now. <laughs> Do you think we once lived on Mars and Mars was like Earth and we destroyed it and that's why it's all rustic? Oh my gosh. We're not going we're not going there. I'm trying to be actually realistic of what could happen I know, in our I like, lifetime. I like thinking about these things. They're cool. I think what's more likely going to happen is we send a colony there and of course they're going to have to sustain and listen to all of Earth's rules and regulations because Earth will be providing them with resources. But the moment, the moment the colony figures out how to create their own resources, energy, food, they're going to break away from Earth. How many ships do you think it's going to take to like colonize Mars? I don't know. You're so asking me a lot of questions I don't know. I don't care if you don't know. I just want your speculation. Um because you have the first pioneers going over there. This is like going to the, the new world. Like back in. You can think of it like that, yes. Yeah. Back in the 1400s. So, it's a lot of uncharted territory, but I think it. it it'll. It, if we successfully manage to do it, that is going to propel humanity forward in ways unhitherto anything we've ever seen. I love using that word, unhitherto. Unhitherto. <laughs> maybe maybe when they get to Mars, they'll find something like your little baby Yoda, baby Grogu on Mars, huh? Little alien? No. Okay. <laughs> and it, Mars is protected just like Earth is because of Jupiter. Thank you, Jupiter. Well, again, pulling it back to the whole emerging technology thing, I thought about this too. Imagine smartphones that don't need to be tethered to a cellular network, but you have Starlink-powered smartphones that work anywhere. Yeah. No matter where you're at. So say, you know, the future iPhone isn't beholden to AT&T or T-Mobile or Verizon. Maybe there's a Starlink receiver in it, and no matter where you go on Earth, you can have cell phone connectivity. Who who would want to go to Mars? Is Elon okay, Musk Okay, Brett's going? still stuck on the Mars thing. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the people going. Like, how crazy? Who wants to go? 
people is he, who like, are, is he like Musk gonna go? People who are very comfortable with uncertainty and risk and have a natural tendency for adventure. Well, you need like smart people over there too, like people who know their right. shit, like with like science and stuff. See, this is why you should really watch. This is why you should really watch that away show because I think it is the most accurate depiction Hollywood has ever had about sending the first humans to Mars. Seriously. Okay. Like, there's a moon base, so we've successfully created a full base on the moon, and they use the moon base to launch the astronauts to Mars. And that's why I'm pretty convinced NASA wants to go back to the moon so bad, because we're going to create a moon base. Yeah. Like, the ISS will always be there, but I think the next step is to create a moon base. Yeah. Because we know what the composition of the moon is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how the whole gravity thing will work. We can't create synthetic gravity yet. Maybe we can. I don't know. That'd be so cool to watch that on TV. Just like how our parents did. It's a very po- real possibility it could happen in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, Elon Musk says he wants to try and have the first mission to Mars by 2030. So. That'd be cool. 2030. 2030? That's nine years from now. Uh-huh. Uh. Brett, look at Brett. Why do I think twenty years from now? Brett, look at how much has happened in the last ten years, and you're going to sit here and tell me that you don't think it's possible for us to plan a manned mission to Mars in the next ten? Yeah, with technology growing at an exponential rate. You go, Elon. You can do it. I believe in you. I'll be watching. That's why, like, that's why. That's why, like, people give Elon shit for how much money he has and how eccentric he is. And I'm like, you know what? Let him be crazy. Let him throw his money around because he's one of the people... I I consider him, like, the New Age Albert Einstein, in a way. Because Einstein brought so much knowledge and theory to modern society. Elon Musk is doing the same exact thing. Everything that he's working on is literally changing society as we know it. Yeah. Like, look at Tesla. And you can tell that he's in it for more than the money. Nobody would want to be doing what he's doing just for the money. Yeah. (laughs) He could have stopped ages ago and just kept the money. Correct. Do I agree with some of the things he tweets about and how he can manipulate financial markets through Twitter? Not really. But I applaud him for his crazy ideas that he's able to turn into a reality because he can finance them and find the right people to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I should have put up this what's the deal with Elon slide. <laughs> what's the deal with Elon? Anyhow, that's about all I got for Starlink. Do you feel like your brain's bigger, Brett? No, I feel like my brain's confused. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that. I'm scared. <laughs> no, my brain is definitely bigger. I've stored more information on Starlink now. It's just, man, if we can, like, if they, if dude, they need to do a reality TV show. To Mars. And then just, it's a real, reality TV show of people going to Mars, and some people get voted off, like on Among Us, and they get kicked out of the ship. Yeah, they get sent into space. I'd watch, I'd watch that in an instant. You'd watch a reality show based in Mars. Oh, you know it's going to turn into that. There's going to be a TV show, but all these, you know, jocks and, you know, these people, like just like on uh, Jersey Shore, those types of people going to Mars. <laughs> our big brother and we're going to vote people off just like Survivor if you can't hang with the people on the ship you get voted off and then the end of the show is two people making it to Mars with the rest of the colony 
you know, you should write that down and send it into a Hollywood screenwriter or showwriter. Maybe. Maybe I will. And then have them take it for you and you get rewarded with a big fat nothing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, that's Starlink. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode. I know I did. It's actually, no, I, I'm actually serious. I, I always enjoy learning about the things that we talk about on the Artificial Podcast. And I think Starlink is one of those emerging technologies that is going to affect society in ways we don't know yet. And I think there is going to be a race for a true race for global internet domination. And Elon Musk and Starlink seem to be on a pretty good path for that. So, but Brettley, thank you as always for taking the time to be a guest on the show. I yeah. always appreciate it. And I'm not, not even really a guest anymore. Yeah, not really. Yeah. I mean, you edit the show, you help me come up with the ideas. Mm-hmm. We just can talk really well. Yeah, we talk really well. And, and we you're a really good. And you're a really good lay person. Yeah, and you you, <laughs> you write up the notes and stuff really quick, way faster than I could. So that I do. And of course, if you are listening or watching or you subscribe to us on Patreon, thank you for all of your support. Thank you for being an artificial podcaster and following our journey through emerging technology each and every week. Next week, we are going to be diving into, wait for it, wait for it. 5G. How'd you like that, Brett? I liked it. It was good. <laughs> ominous. Was it ominous? It was ominous. Okay, good. That's what I was going for. Like Anyhow, that. as we close out this week's show, don't forget to smash that subscribe button on YouTube and click the bell for notifications so you always know when we post a new episode. Don't forget to follow the Artificial Podcast on Facebook and Twitter by searching for at the Artificial P. Visit us on our brand new website, www.theartificialpodcast, so you can learn more about how to become a Patreon subscriber and join our Artificial Podcast Plus community along with our new Discord community. And Discord is not something I've talked about before, but let's just say that we tried a Facebook group and it didn't work, and Discord just seems to make more sense. So if you want to become a part of our Discord community, head to our website and you can learn more. Anything else, Brett? I have nothing. You talked perfectly there. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Artificial intelligence. Voice recognition. Machine learning. Robotics. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all of our latest episodes, you can subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or you can visit us on the web at www.theartificialpodcast.com. Until next time.